A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. But truly telling Imran, I can't sleep these days. I'm just sleepless these days. That is my situation. No food means no lives. And at the end of the day, you know, I think that's what this comes down to. It's choosing between people's lives and their livelihoods. All the failures, I mean, cancellation, not getting money, everything just put it in the worker's shoulder. Why it is always us? Why it is always us has to suffer? Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF podcast. In this latest special episode focused on the impact of the coronavirus crisis on the global fashion industry, we go to Dhaka, Bangladesh, where I speak to Kalpona Akhtar, the voice of 4.2 million garment workers, whose collective contribution accounts for more than $34 billion in export revenue. But Kalpona explains how a series of decisions made across the value chain of fashion, starting with retail cancellations and factory shutdowns, have forced these workers, who are least able to afford it, to bear the brunt of the impact of the crisis on their day-to-day lives, leaving millions of people destitute. To understand how the fashion industry must bear the responsibility of these decisions to safeguard the lives and livelihoods of these workers, here's Kalpona Akhtar, Inside Fashion. Hello, Kalpona. How are you? I'm good, Imran, at this point. Though we are in a pandemic, but it's still fine. But in a difficult situation. 
Yeah, I mean, before we get started on talking about the garment industry in Bangladesh and the impact of the pandemic on the garment industry, I just, I just wanted to get a sense of how things are in Bangladesh just generally. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the environment like? How are people doing? You know, what's the situation? Yeah, the general situation in here, you know, we are just pretty much a month and a half in a lockdown situation now. So uh, in the very beginning, when the first uh, patient has been uh, found positive, which is like first week of uh, March, uh, everyone was like uh, in a fear that what's going to happen. As we know that our country is not so much ready with all the medical facility and everything. And then gradually the number of, uh, you know, positive patient was increasing, but uh, people were frustrated because there was an adequate kids to do the test and it is still pretty much same like uh, this country we have 170 million people but uh, pretty it is less than uh, 100,000 people has been tested so far in a two months uh, so situation is difficult people are in a lockdown but people are not uh, you know following the lockdown very strictly they are going around the there is a travel ban but people are still doing travel the public transportation transports are banned, but you know the uh, private transport is still operating. So <clears throat> we really don't know that what's going to happen. Uh, this is like general situation. Uh, when we were watch, watching country like in the Europe, uh, you know, like Italy or Spain or country like U.S., uh, those are like fighting, you know, with this virus, and we see that the death toll is so high. And when we compare that with our country, that is really give us very difficult, you know, time that what can happen to us uh, if it is really spread in that bad. Uh, many people are not agree with the official number of death or, you know, suspected or uh, those has been confirmed, uh, to, you know, coronavirus. People think it is way more. So this is like basic general situation. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been really harrowing watching as the virus has kind of moved from China and then westward to uh, Europe and North America. And now, you know, in, in developing countries like Bangladesh, you know, you really wonder when developed countries that have all the resources, all the health care, all the money, all the hospitals, uh, if they're having a hard time battling the virus. I can't imagine what the situation is like in Bangladesh. I read somewhere over the weekend that there's only, you know, 2,000 ventilators in Bangladesh and 1,000 ICU beds, you know, like, so, you know, what, what happens when people fall ill? How do, how do they get care? Uh, just to give in, you know, very general sense that just yesterday, two son has brought his dad to do the testing only and he was in the queue for all day and end of the day he couldn't do the test and then he just you know died in front of the hospital and no one came to you know with the support no one even people did not give a piece of fabric to you know just cover him and he was in the street and then people just uh, his son has to bring a pedal van uh, to take his body to Gabriel so this is what general people are, you know, facing in here. 
the hospital become too expensive. There are three private hospital has given, you know, permission to do the test. And, you know, no one like, even I cannot afford any of those hospital. And if I get sick, I doubt I will even get chance to do the test that, you know, whether I'm positive or I'm negative. So, you know, the ventilator, you said, the ICU said, I doubt many of them whether it's working or not. So it's a broken healthcare yeah. system that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people have been talking about how the, the virus doesn't know any borders and that, you know, everyone, everyone gets impacted regardless if you're rich or poor. But I think the difference here is that, you know, in certain countries where the you know, basic healthcare uh, system is not equipped to deal with this. You know, certain people um, get hit harder. Even even in Western countries, actually, that's being shown that there's minority groups, um, you know, under, you know, marginalized people, you know, uh, underprivileged people are all hit harder by the by the virus. Now, you know, what what I what I also read over the weekend was that it's some of the districts where garment workers are living where the virus is spreading more acutely. So can you, can you just so we can get a sense, because Kalpunan, not everyone saw your amazing talk at Voices or read your cover story on BOF a couple of years ago, but can you talk to us a little bit about the size of the garment industry and just the scale of what we're talking about, just so people understand the role that Bangladesh plays in the global fashion industry? Yes, of course. Yeah, thanks for asking this question. You know, before I answer to that, I just wanted to say that uh, when you are talking about these developed countries, well, you know, one thing I uh, found in this coronavirus, it is most uh, democratic, you know, uh, virus I have ever seen. Like, it is not, you know, checking, oh, that is like Trump, I'm not going to affect him, or this is like, you know, another prime minister, or this is a poor person. It is regardless choosing the person and, you know, just, uh, you know, get people get infected. So, yeah, the medical is one of the biggest challenge in pretty much in everywhere, but ours is really harder. And uh, just responding to, you know, the situation of government worker and how big we are in here. So Bangladesh is one of the second largest exporter of, of in the you know apparel industry in Bangladesh. Bangladesh is the second largest uh, you know apparel producer country that I exactly should say. So you know after China, this is we. We have uh, 4.2 million workers are working in this industry. Those working here are majority of them are women. It is close to 70% young women working for the, in the industry and making calls for, you know, for all the Western countries where we export to. Um, and this virus definitely, you know, when it has been heated up in the world, the, who are, you know, the, there is a difference of consequences, uh, what I wanted to say. Uh, who heated most? That is the workers in the down to the chain. If you have been, you know, watching the newses or reading the newses in the weekend or last few days, you would be have seen maybe the workers in here, they're being facing laid off, they're being facing retrenchment, the workers is still fighting to get their uh, wages for month of March, like one month ago. 
So they worked, but haven't get paid. It is like over uh, 400 factory who didn't paid yet. And it is pretty much like um, 200,000 workers who haven't get uh, wages. And these workers so hand to mouth. If they don't have this money, that means they don't have food in the table. So the workers are fighting with that. Uh, they are in the street, despite they know there is a high, uh, you know, a risk to get infected by the virus, but they are uh, fighting in the street next to each other's shoulder because they really need that money. They really need this job uh, because uh, no job is no money, no money is no food. So this is what, what our workers are facing in these days in here. And as you have mentioned that there are some hot spot in the industrial area, you know, in the outskirts of Dhaka or next two district to Dhaka, one called Narayanganj, another called Ghazipur, and outskirts is Savar, Ashulia Savar. These are like three bigger industrial belts we have uh, close to Dhaka. And three of them are like a hot spot for this virus at this moment. So for the newspaper, what they say is till yesterday, 41 workers has been infected already, whom four already died. And we don't know that how many more it is going to be infected because there is a two time when a bigger damage has been created. One was the first week of April, while the without any uh, <clears throat> consultation with the government or you know workers, the factory owners just decided to uh, open the factory, which is like, you know, a week later of the first lockdown announcement. And there was a travel ban, so workers didn't know how to come, and they has been walking like 100, 150 kilometers to just come to save their job. So many of them got infected during that time. Kalpana, can I just understand that? Sure. So the lockdown happened, they closed the factories, mm -hmm. the workers went back home to their villages, they walked 100 kilometers or more, and then the factories were reopened, so they walked back? Uh, no, it is that, you know, the lockdown announced, the factory, many of them did not close, but workers fought to close the factory. Then finally, like March 28th, most of the factory got closed. Few of them were opening uh, because they were making personal protective equipment, and the rest of the factory was closed. So workers went back to house. And then the factory management, like on second and, and third, they started you know, texting the worker or calling the workers that the factory will be open from the fifth, so you should come to the factory, you should come to work. And then the worker started to come and there wasn't any transportation that they can use and come. Uh, I mean, there was no transport basically. The public transport was banned, it is closed till now. So the workers had to walk like 100 kilometers, 150 kilometers with the smaller children. These women has been worked. And the, some of the workers, they had to change the vehicle like 10 times because there is no direct you know, vehicle who can come to the city or their industrial belt area. Then they came, many of them was came in the middle of the night and many of them came and their rental landlord denied to let them go in their house because they thought they can be already infected. So they have been pushed to, you know, stay in outside or in the roadside. Then police has to intervene and check them and then, you know, back, uh, take back them their rental houses. But what happened finally? On the 5th, uh, the manufacturers has announced, oh, factory will be closed. So 
what happened that this work has just walked 150 kilometers? Why you cannot take that decision a day before or a two days before? Why you have to make the damage to these worker, not only these worker, also in the community where they live, also you know other general people in the Bangladesh, because these these folks has been had to expose themselves in the, with the transport with many places. So we really don't know how many of them already been infected through that. And then another has happened just, you know, last month, the very last week of last month, like 25th, 24th, 25th, when workers has been told to come to the city again, uh, you know, the factory is open. The manufacturers, first they said, they will be start the factory with 30% of worker, which was their formal announcement. But in a bag, they were like texting and calling workers. We really don't care where you are. You have to come to work if you don't come then you will not have a job so workers had to come and again we don't know that how many of them has been infected and as i said there is a three you know hot spot for this virus uh, and workers have started coming to those places and working so we really need to see a worse in coming days yeah so Kalpona, tell me, like, what's the role of the government in all of this? Like in other countries, including India, neighboring country, there's been a very strict lockdown. You know, nobody, you know, not to say that the situation there is better, but there has been a very strict lockdown and it's been very clear to everyone that factories cannot be open. Like, why is there so much ambiguity around the rules? Uh, there are two reasons, I would say. One, definitely the brand and retailers, because in the very beginning of this uh, lockdown or first week of the March, the brands started canceling the order. So then there was an outcry, there was a campaign, uh, you know, uh, make, naming and shaming the brands because they shouldn't, shouldn't do that now because this is the high time the brands, manufacturers and government should have, you know, hold our back, hold our workers back. But despite doing that, this, they have just, you know, left our workers alone and it started canceling the order. So then many of them came back and says that, okay, we will take the product, but we really don't know that when we will be paying you. So that made a really difficult situation uh, that, you know, whether manufacturers will open the factory and whether or not. So the government should be, you know, taken a strict decision, but who are the government that we also have to understand, right? It is number of manufacturers, those seats in the parliament, many of them are directly minister, like commerce minister is uh, a group of factory owner. The foreign minister is a group of factory owner, like state foreign minister. Uh, the, so there are many, many important ministers are government owner as well. So rather they're doing a, you know, playing an important role uh, to uh, going this lockdown strictly, they just let this factory be open. I would say they are involved because there is a number of uh, parliament members who directly involved with this business. So lately what happened, we, I mean, this is, we heard uh, very informally. We really don't know that uh, what is the formal news to that. What, manu, manu, what we heard informally from the manufacturers that some of the brand and retailers forcing them now and telling them that, uh, you know, you have to uh, complete the products by X, Y, Z time. If you don't, then we'll be shifting our product to other country. So that is really making 
you know, this, uh, putting these manufacturers in a situation whether they save their business or they will keep the factory closed. Because, you know, China already opened their factory, which is our competitor. The Vietnam already opened their factory, which is competitor. And also the Cambodia who never closed the factory. So there is a, you know, huge fear also made these manufacturers that, uh, you know, to open the factory because they thought business can be shipped. So branded retailers also similarly responsible for the situation that our workers are facing. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Right. So if the if the business moves to Vietnam or Cambodia or China, it's kind of irretrievable for these factory owners. So they've become desperate 
to keep the factories open so they don't lose the business. And I guess on top of all of that, there have been a lot of orders that have been suddenly cancelled or and and also that factory owners haven't been paid for work that's been previously done because there's right now there's all of this product that was made in Bangladesh that's sitting in warehouses or in ports uh, or in factories all around the world that no one's paid for except for the factory owners correct absolutely right yeah absolutely so it is over 300 billion dollars sorry not 300 over 3 billion dollars product or product has been cancelled which will be affecting uh, over 1100 factories and pretty much like 2 million workers and the brands those even say that they will be receiving the product uh, they haven't very clearly said the products which is made or which is already in the production, or they haven't said about anything about future order. And the most important is none of them say that when they will make the payment. This is like most important things is if the manufacturers don't have money. Yeah, it is true that they will be not able to pay. This can be one of the debate that, uh, you know, they can do. So definitely, you know, the brand, uh, brands putting uh, or creating a huge problem. But in other hand, I wanted to say that, you know, whatever happened, the, every business should have a backup plan, backup plan for their employee who are working. So these workers are working for many years, making profit for these uh, manufacturers, making profit for these brand and retailers. But now these brands are retailers canceling the order, the manufacturer says that they don't have money, they cannot pay. Then dude, what happened to those money that you made as a profit? You should have these workers back now. I mean, this is the moment. Like now we are debating with the manufacturers, uh, you know, they wanted to pay only 60% of workers' wages. This is insane. Like this is not, this will not, uh, for some cases, this will not cover workers' house rent. I mean, how could you even do that? What they will be eating? So we are fighting with that. The government has given a low interest bailout, which is close to $590 million. But, you know, the manufacturers are thinking they will be just only use that money in order to giving uh, workers wages. Then where is their contribution is? The manufacturers, they should do have their own contribution. I mean, when they made profits, they didn't uh, you know, pay the workers that, okay, I made a profit, so this is your share. If that did not do that, then why we have to take a less wages when their order has been canceled? It is pretty you know, uh, basic equation that I have. I mean, I totally know that we all are in the pandemic. I totally know the brand and retailers, they're also facing same. But if we talk about the consequences, it is totally different world. Like if this pandemic goes even for a few years, sorry, not few years. I mean, if this pandemic goes for a few months, even the brands will be losing fraction of their profit. The manufacturers will be losing their profit share, you know, uh, not, not will be lose their establishment. But for workers, they will be lose money. They'll be lose job. They'll be lose money. And no money means no food. Yeah, no food means no lives. And at the end of the day, yeah. you know, I think I think this what this comes down to is choosing between people's lives and their livelihoods. Exactly. Because on the one hand, if you keep the factories closed, you know, or um, 
you know, the government insists that the factories are closed, then people can't make a living. And on the other hand, if you keep the factories open, um, people might get sick. And then on top of all of that, there's all of these people who have still not been paid. And at the end of the day, the entire burden of the pandemic and its impact on the supply chain is being placed on the people who can least afford to, to, ha- to kind of take that burden on. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are 200% right on these. I mean, the workers are not only, you know, uh, not only just not receiving their wages, the factories are open now. The workers had to come back and they are working now. They are in a fear. They are in a fear to get sick. And they know that, you know, if they get sick, there will be very minimum, uh, you know, very minimum hope that they can get medical support. So as you say that there is a, you know, life and livelihood. So workers also had to choose because they know that if they don't come to work, no one will be paying them. The state didn't take that responsibility or state and manufacturers are playing with it, uh, playing with that uh, how much workers should pay or how much shouldn't. Nobody thinks that if we, get, if we give them 60% or, uh, you know, little more 60% wages, can they buy f- for them and for their children? Can they pay for their house rent? Can they pay for their medical? No one thinking of it. So... When this no. factory has been opened, some of the factories really take a good good uh, safety measures. They are trying their best to keep these workers safe, but some of them really fail to do that. So I don't know that what what waiting in coming days, but the government is promising constantly that they will be look after workers' health. Let's see what they do. Yeah. So Kalpona, I mean, when when you and I first met a few years ago, we talked about a lot. You and I talked a lot about the the Bangladeshi garment industry and how it was already, even at that time, very challenged. There was a big movement to try to increase um, monthly wages um, with some of the hard work that you and some of your colleagues and peers have done. But but what do you think happens now? I mean, if if they want to pay 60% of what was already a very, very low wage. I mean, what was the monthly wage? $150 a month or something? No, it is $98, $95 is a minimum wage. The average wage yeah. is $115 or $120. That includes uh, overtime. That is like average yeah. wages. And so 60% of that, if people think they can, you know, there's so much pressure on this, these factory owners, there's so much pressure on the system generally, the retailers aren't paying, the brands and retailers aren't paying the factories, so the factories have less money to pay the workers, you know, yes, they could go into their profits, but there, there's a limit to that. Um, you know, wh- what do you think happens from here? It must be really... It must be really difficult. Yeah, the situation will be so dire. I mean, the situation already is dire and situation will be more worse, uh, you know, in coming days, in coming weeks that uh, if the workers do not get wages, I mean, paid their full wages, like if they pay 60% only, then what happened? The workers only, I mean, only can give their house rent and then they will have money for maybe one week to buy their one week, you know, uh, food and supplies. That's all. That's all they would have. And how about the three weeks? They will be starving. So, you know, I mean, everyone in the supply chain need to understand that 
these were, I mean, these are the, every, I mean, all the failures, I mean, cancellation, not getting money, everything just put it in the worker's shoulder. Why it is always us, why it is always us has to suffer. Even in this that's pandemic. That's the question. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the key question. Wow. Um, so tell me, if, if, you're, if you're giving advice or you're guiding some of the executives or people in the West who work in the fashion industry, like where should we be focusing our attention as we try to play a part in helping to address this dire situation in Bangladesh? I mean, the best way you know to reach out these branded retailers, just tell them that they need to understand that we need them now. We need those payments are outstanding. So, you know, that money can be make our workers wages. And also they need to think about future. You know, uh, this pandemic will go. Anyway, it will go. I know there is a lot of good heart scientists are working on this to have a vaccine, you know. So it will be not least for a year. We are the people again, will make the clothes for these brand and retailers. We are the people will make beautiful diverse and consumers but if you don't you know look at our workers now then the future will be a difficult time right so i would say to reach out to these brands and tell them to pay and also think also you know just think how they can help financially to our worker maybe they still can talk about the future orders with the manufacturers and then can make and work out with something that helps the manufacturers to pay the workers for this moment. And we can, you know, we can again come in the full phase and work and make again profit to profit for these uh, manufacturers and for the brands as well. But this time, I think, you know, through BOF, through you, Imran, and your friends, I just wanted to reach out to these brands and also to the consumers. To the consumers, please tell the brand to do the right thing. That the right thing is now is to pay the you know payment and make that payment will ensure that our workers has a wages and also talk about a financial uh, you know um, you know a scheme that can help workers uh, for a long time. Like if this pandemic goes a little longer, like one month or two months, and I'm not just talking about the workers; those are working in Bangladesh. I'm just talking about all production country workers because our situation it is pretty similar in everywhere. Uh, not every government has given a bailout to the workers. Not like Canada. The Canada Canadian workers uh, knows that they these have money; they can buy food. Their government with them, but our situation is not same in here. So we really need this brand support for this moment are there you know what i heard kapuna and you tell me if i'm i'm wrong is that some some brands canceled their orders and then they reinstated them and other brands have have kept the orders canceled like who who which brands have really stepped up and said okay we're not going to cancel and which brands are the ones that are canceling because that's the only way we can call them exactly. to attention. So yeah, some of them brand, like to naming them, who uh, canceled and came back, like PBH, 
the H&M, I mean, it is very unlikely, but H&M has canceled and came back and ensured that they will be not canceling any order. The coal, not, not coal, I'm sorry, the target, uh, they canceled and they came back. Uh, the Chivo, they came back. Uh, the Kiabai, they came back. So there is a handful number of the brands who came back and said that they will be not canceling the order. But brands like, um, Gap, brand, brand like uh, you know Walmart, brand like uh, Kick. Those are the brands that they said uh, nothing. They haven't just said nothing. They didn't come back, uh, and constantly they are all canceling the ordering orders. Not from only our country, in other countries too. If you just go through uh, workers workers rights consortium website, we do have a brand a brand tracker out there, so you can find who are the brand says they will be come back and promise for the payment and who didn't do anything. So it is you know we are working together. So they they have been uh, documented that in and it is in their website. So the information is very clearly up there. Yeah, we will link to that website in our article about this podcast. And anyone who's listening, if you want, you know, go visit that website so you can understand, even just as a consumer, which companies are stepping up and taking responsibility for the burden that's now being placed on these workers who are left destitute by the situation, which is just, it's staggering to me. It's really staggering. Um, and Kalpuna, uh, you know, finally, how are you doing through all of this? I mean, there's, if, you know, you, have, you play such an important role for these workers, you're such an important advocate, and you have such a strong voice, but I can imagine that there's a lot of pressure right now for you. It is, it is a lot of pressure, you know, raising voice to, you know, just pay full wages to workers, that is a pressure from the government and manufacturers as well but truly telling Imran I can't sleep these days I just I'm just sleepless these days that is my situation okay well I hope that yeah I hope that we can help get the word out Kalpuna about everything that's happening and if you need anything please get in touch with us you know you have a direct line to us because um we want to do whatever little we can do to help get the word out so that you know we can ensure that the industry plays its part to help um, address the situation that it has created for these workers. Of course, thank you so much, Imran. I know that, you know, you are, I mean, since I know you, since I spoke in VWAP, I mean, you guys are amazing at addressing the workers issue whenever we are in a problem. And thanks doing this podcast once again. Okay, well, thank you, Kalpona, and you stay safe. Sure. This is uh, Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. That's the latest special edition of the BOF podcast, this time coming from Kalpona Akhtar in, in Dhaka, Bangladesh. Um, if you want to follow some of the information or websites that Kalpona has shared, please check out the article that's linked to this special podcast at businessoffashion.com. See you next time. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, 
biannual special print editions and all of the online courses and learning materials from BOF Education. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. <laughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 